Colleges is brought to you in part by Osiris Media. If you love live music, if you love music in general, and I know you do because you're listening to this right here, head on over to OsirisPod.com and find all the great shows up there uh, like Freak Flag Fine with David Crosby, uh, Dead to Me, uh, our sister podcast hosted by Casey Ray, Broke Down Pod hosted by our friend Jonathan Hart. Find all that and more at OsirisPod.com, who are partnered with Jambase to bring you not just podcasts and videos, but live events as well. Osiris Media, killing it on the regular. Now let's get on with the show. Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Merely a two-word review, it just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next minute. That right there, he is a lot of the Welcome back, fellow music lovers. You are now to yet another exciting adventure with us here in Discologist. I'm your host, Kevin, coming to you live from a tiny shack just outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in the fine, fine community of Bayview. Trying to stay highly sanitized, highly hydrated, highly engaged. Uh, keep on doing stuff like listening to great music while we're all sort of stuck indoors uh, on this The Great Pause, which you're, you're going to hear us talk about that a little more later. But uh, I hope you're doing well out there. I hope you are feeding your head. Uh, I hope you're staying fed. I hope you are helping other people stay fed. Uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a weird time, and uh, the album we're going to be talking about today came along at the right time, but it was also a little a little uh, it's a little intense. It's a uh, jazz album by a group called Irreversible Entanglements. Um, it's called Who Sent You, and it is it speaks to our times before this, the before times, if you will. But it also uh, speaks to right now and the importance of uh, all of us and how we recognize that all of us are important. Um, and if I'm going to be talking about jazz, though, with anybody, I'm going to be talking about it with my brother, Wes Covey. How you doing, sir? I am doing okay, my friend. Yourself? I am doing doing quite well. I have the, uh, as we do in Saturday podcasting, I have the Bloody Mary with the beer back. <laughs> uh, in times like these, the beer back is, in fact, a full beer instead of a tiny high life. America, you're doing it wrong because you don't have tiny allies. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, I'm, I'm being a little, uh, being a little not flippant, but uh, optimistic because we're about to talk about a real, real heavy album here uh, from a real heavy band, and uh, it is one of my uh, now I, probably in one of my top ten albums of all time. Uh, and this band, you know, and it's funny how how we came to this because you. I had mentioned when we started talking about jazz and stuff, you said, have you heard this band, Irreversible Entanglements? I had not heard this band, Irreversible Entanglements. Uh, this band made up of, and an excuse us for our pronunciation, uh, this is always a problem with us, but here we go. Kame Iowa uh, on, on voice, uh, Kier Neuringer on saxophone, Aquiles Navarro on trumpet, Luke Stewart from D.C., no less, uh, on uh, bass and percussion, and Chester Holmes, on drums and conga, make up, uh, to my mind, and let me see if you agree with this, one of the fiercest jazz combos to come along in history. Yeah, I would agree with that, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, and, they, and, and they, <laughs> we can we can continue this part of it, but but fierce means a bunch of different things with this. It group. does. It does. They they are absolutely fierce. They are fearless. Uh, they are mind blowing. They are universe creating. Uh, they were born out of uh, when people like Eric Garner were getting killed. Uh, basically, young black males getting murdered uh, in many cases by the police. Uh, out of this uh, movement, Mike Brown. Is another name. Uh, Akai Gurley is is the one that was really close to them, and uh, and they were born kind of out of a protest towards this, and then they they played some benefit shows for this, and then said, "Well, shit, well, we have a thing going on, and we have a synergy going on, and continue that on their first album, and and on this one, um, it is sort of a different type of protest music. I think I think you know, whereas the first one was just actively. You know, fuck all this, burn it down. We have to. This is more uh, putting the culture that they're in forward, and and ex- sort of examining how these protests can work, and never shying away from the anger, and and also never shying away from the joy in this. Uh, this is a record that is a hard listen. You know, we didn't get around to Damon Locks, who actually did the album art cover for this. Um, we didn't get around to his album uh, because it is an extremely difficult listen. This is an extremely difficult listen, but it is uh, sort of something that you now all have time for um, because you can sit down and understand that this this right here, this this album that we're talking about, is what we are about as humans. Yeah? Yeah. We talk a lot about important music on this show. Um Music that we find to be important, music that we think, you know, people should should give an opportunity to at least like see if it'll be important for them, um, and stuff like that. And that can look so different. You know, a lot of the stuff that you and I have been talking about recently um, has been kind of soothing um, music. You know, stuff that that helps calm anxiety that you and I both deal with. That helps us kind of you know feel like we're we're able to navigate the stuff that's going on. Um, you know, and that's obviously important in a really, really big way. Um, you take somebody who's just writing an amazing song. Um, you know, John Prine just passed away. And like, that's, you know, I've been listening to him a fair amount um, as a result, of course. And like, that's somebody who said so many important things in his music and stuff like that. But the importance, the timeliness, um, the ability to really nail a message both in the sound and in the um the verbal sections of this album which are certainly remarkable um it's yeah this is hugely important hugely powerful um yeah really really hit something with this yeah and and it's a reflection of not just what's going on right now in uh basically culture that isn't white everything that isn't white not just going on right now in that but but I think a culmination of like the history of the trauma that people of color have have suffered, not just in America but but worldwide, uh, and and this weird celebration of of what uh, all that pain uh, has produced. You know, we often advocate or don't advocate for this this point that artists suffering for their art is is bullshit. And we know this, and so we've always taken this position, um, because like great works of art don't require pain for their creation, they or they shouldn't. But in this case, it's a weird uh, mix that something you have to face and listen to it. Uh, the, it's fair to say that the pain was it was not unavoidable. First of all, <laughs> society we all could have gone down a different path, 
but we didn't, and uh, instead it was not avoided. And what is a triumph about this music and and a lot of music like this is that rather than simply dwell on this trauma, uh, artists like these, this group specifically, are have risen up against it, and more importantly, right now they're naming it. Uh, we're gonna play a little music because we've been talking a little bit, uh, a little bit. You know, the first single was was actually the title track, I think. Who sent you, Ritual? It's a 14 minute track. We're not gonna play 14 minutes of this, but uh, this is a band that that was formed around the uh, the murder of uh, a Kai Gurley by police officer Peter Lang, um, a young black man, and uh, they revisit it on this on this who sent you and the circumstances of that were basically he was just in his apartment building and they were there and uh and he got shot and died in a um, dark stairwell with no weapons no with no weapons yeah yeah, yeah yeah but but as horrific as that sounds keep that in mind when when you get into this uh, and uh, and understand what this band is doing to put you in that place. So here's a little bit of who sent you, uh, and uh, strap in. Who sent you? Good policeman from the other side of town, you must be here 
to make sure the kids get to school Instead of running away from the end Instead of running away from the end Into the dark Into the dark Into the dark Into the dark Who sent you? Who sent you? line in there good policeman from the other side of town you must be here to fix the lights in the stairwell the venom with which that's delivered and um, I want to say about this song specifically but also uh, this album like a lot of this album is about the reality is if you have never experienced a lot of the situations that they're describing here, uh, then this album should make you feel shame. And that's not something we often think about when we put on, <laughs> drop the needle on a, on a piece of wax. Like, oh, this should make me feel ashamed. Uh, but, but it should, and it does. And it does. Luke Stewart's uh, sort of pulsing bass, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a remarkable piece of uh, music or human expression. I, I I don't know. I don't even know what to call it. Yeah, right. Is, is, that, is that when the word art starts to really actually, you know, I, I tend to refer to music as art. Um, you know, it's usually my thing. I consider myself personally to be an artist, um, you know, and that I work in sound and, and all of that. Um, but yeah, this, this is perhaps the most clear art record, um, you know, that again can mean a lot of different things, just like important music can mean a lot of different things. But this is one of the clearest artistic statements um, that we've seen in, in, in a very long time um, and one of the most effective. Um, and that's like, I mean, one of the things I just keep thinking about with this group is that, and and, and please understand as I'm saying this, that, that this is a unified whole um, without a doubt. That said, there are two very, um, very notable kind of, uh, I don't know, sections, um, aspects of this group. Um, and one of those is the words, um, more mother as, as she goes by in her, um, most of her solo work, um, is one of the most powerful, um, hypnotic, like her stuff is challenging, um, and, and just so smart, um, so well delivered, um, and, so extremely powerful. Um, that said, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about her a little bit more um, in a bit, but um, but I want to talk a little bit about the the group of players in this album. And, and again, like I want to make it really clear that this is a unified whole without a doubt, um, but you do, you do, you have the instrumentals and you have the words um, and they fit together remarkably, but you kind of have to look at each of them um, a little bit separately to figure out why it's so powerful and effective. 
Um, and this song is a really, really good way of looking at that. Uh, Luke Stewart's bass here, that little slidey, kind of up and down, woozy, disorienting thing makes you feel like you're kind of, I don't know, it, it, you almost feel drunk in, in a way and that you kind of like, I listen to that and I just feel like like the ground is shaking underneath me um, and like anything that I could use for stability is not going to be stable, um, which some albums, some albums like remove you from reality, I think, uh -huh. uh, but or, or give you a, a, a side like a little you can put one foot foot in it. This creates its own reality. Yeah. And it's yeah. not it's not, you know, it's very similar to the work that bands like Clipping uh, mm -hmm. And uh, Morning a Black Star doing, hmm. and um, uh, Lonnie Holly. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've been thinking about Lonnie Holly a lot with this one, yeah. of course. Um, you know, that was the first episode that I did on this show, um, and you know, <laughs> you and I started started my uh, discologist career out pretty heavy with um, with Lonnie hmm. Holly's Myth as the first episode yeah. to come on to, and and yeah, this is definitely. I feel like what Moore Mother is saying and what um, Lonnie Holly is saying, um, there's a lot of similarities, um, you know, with their approach. Um, and yeah, it's just it's such an effective all around package here. You've got these horns that are dissonant. Um, there's a lot throughout this whole album of these very short, fluttery, staccato notes on the horns um, that, again, just serve to disorient you, serve to make you feel like you don't have something to grab onto. Um, you don't have one of the things that I often think about with uh, with more free oriented jazz um, is that. I can grasp onto something that's really, really wild if you have um, something like a really, um, you know, solid groovy bass line. Um, and that's one of the things that I'm really loving about a lot of the music, uh, a lot of the jazz that's coming out now is you've got these like these incredible kind of like hip hop oriented beats, um, groovy as hell jazz line, uh, jazz bass lines, um, and then free horns on top of it. And it gives you something to grab onto and kind of hold onto while the free parts are washing over you. This album does not give you anything to ground yourself on. Um, you are for being, the most part. For the most part, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, there are there are parts, and there and there's absolutely joyful parts. I, I don't want to to make the listeners think that this album is going to be a you know complete unpleasant listen whirlwind. I mean, that's definitely not the case. It's a it's a fun album. It's a joyful album in certain ways, but it just it's intense and and it does an incredible job of um, bringing you along with it, creating the world as you're saying, and kind of bringing you on this experience. Yeah, and you know that song is is uh, free jazz is a weird way to describe this. Uh, you know, I think More Mother was quoted as saying, "Like <laughs> we don't write songs," <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that's what it feels like. It feels like just people getting together and um, and really uh, doing the human thing and deciding on what they need to scream about in this case uh rage about and then um making it happen in in whatever way seems appropriate there there is uh I'll play a little bit of this song too because this is an important song uh for the record uh mainly uh because after that journey of who sent you uh it cools down into a, about the only time on the record i think where it's more um, normal <laughs> jazz. Here's a little bit of Nomas. Infinite possibilities. Coming back around. 
back around to love ourselves fully. Infinite possibilities. We are not disconnected reflections of a source, of a life source. For one thing, like that is just groovy as hell right there. Like it's, you know, I had this one on again actually in the car earlier, and like, and you do have that first track that is disorienting and uh, shakes you to the core, um, and then this comes in and you're just kind of like, whoa, like you know that that, that beginning, the horns, the reverb, all that. I just, you know, I just love so much. And then that bassline comes in and it is funky, it is groovy. The other thing about that bassline in particular that. Um, has been interesting like for a while now um, when i'm putting on this album like this is reminding me of something and what is it i've been trying to place it and it just occurred to me a couple days ago um that what it's reminding me of is the track go away on the jeff parker 
album that we talked about not long ago. And that's really just interesting because you've got these two tracks, Go Away, which is a direct message to a particular person in a particular position of power um, on that album. And then you've got this No Mas, um, No More track. Um, you know, and it's just like, that's a really interesting thing that two of the best albums, now admittedly, on they the are, same label. I was just I mean, going to say, they're coming out on the same label. So this is not an accident. But at the same time, like, one thing that I will say about everything that's coming up, um, coming out on um, International Anthem is that it's all spectacularly brilliant, but for the most part, it doesn't sound like each other. You know, there isn't one like label sound in terms of like you put it on and you like ECM jazz. Like you, you pretty, pretty much know when you're listening to something that's been put out on ECM, you know, with obviously some exceptions. Um, but you might be able to tell that you've got that you're listening to something that's on um, international anthem because it's just like so incredibly forward thinking and all of this. But they there isn't like one sound that they are doing, and that's one of the few times where I've been like, you know, that's that's like a direct link between these two albums right there. International anthem is based in Chicago. I see uh, kind of what they they're doing, and this collection of artists that they've got together aren't, aren't just they are very different in sounds, but they're, they're unified in in message mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this is not so much different than Damon well, Damon Locks is involved uh, from Damon Locks is not so much different from Jeff Parker's is certainly not different from the implied uh, reactionary vision of Makai McRaven yeah yeah and and all these artists are uh, of color for the most <laughs> part um, and, and are saying something that to people be like that this culture matters mm-hmm. this culture is what's important this culture not like not your friend capitalism right <laughs> <laughs> you know because international anthem is not a big thing you know we were just right. uh, talking during the break uh the the fantastic alabaster de plume album just mm-hmm. sold out but I can't imagine that sellout is more than like maybe what like two thousand records. Yeah, I don't know what they're printing on these, but but yeah, yeah. there's no way it's going to be that much, or or even some of them. I mean, you know, a few of them, like a lot of um, Ben Lamar Gay, uh, Ben Lamar Gay's albums, are not coming out um, except for digitally. Um, a couple of them have been printed on vinyl, um, but a couple of his like uh, Ben Lamar Gay's uh, Five Hundred Chains, um, one of my favorite of. Um, the international anthem releases has gotten a lot less talk and it's and it's brilliant and it's all like and you know it's a spoken word uh he can he considers it to be an audiobook as much as a record and it's just like again it's the same message even if it does have a very different sound yeah and, and i think that's the, i think that's especially now uh maybe the future of, of what people are going to be doing we're seeing um this is shifting a little off the album for the for a second uh you know we're seeing a lot of of like at home concerts, you do one, um, and live streaming, uh, our friend, uh, Michael Heslin, who we're going to be talking to from Hail the horse, uh, did one recently. That was fantastic. And, uh, sort of re jiggering our expectations of, of everything that we, we think is important. Uh, where this falls into it is, it, it, for me, it's a perfect time to raise all these issues about police murdering young black men. Um, and I say murdering because that's what happens. That's, yeah, that is the situation. That's the reality. It, it's not like and, – um, uh, and, you know, just violence in our communities and injustice and everything. And I think uh, – you know, I guess what I'm saying is one of the big things that this pandemic 
that were existing and that were listening to this album and that we had to actually put this one off for a little while because it was too much, you know, and, and you do have to take care of yourself. But uh, is that shit can so easily be fucked up for anyone and uh, privileged people, a lot of them like us, um, mostly white people. Are, are realizing it sucks and and I guess the point I'm trying to get at is that when you hear something like this instead of like being like oh it's di- it's a difficult album which we said it is a difficult album but you know paying attention to your fellow humans and the human condition is a difficult process and so that now that you're getting a taste of this you can do something about it. And I'm not saying, like, buy this album. I'm say- I am saying listen to this album. See, if you really want to understand more than anything uh, a lot of the struggles going on in-, in America specifically right now in 2020, listen to this album. And especially the- for the feeling of it. For for yes. what the for what That's those experiences it. feel like to people, this is not going to tell you what's happening. I mean, it does to some extent tell you what, ha- what has happened. But, you know, this is not a history book it is a textbook on feeling it's a textbook on feeling and and they they really took a different space of it i think our friend uh, marcus moore wrote a great review of this um but he said um one of the things he said which is absolutely true uh but for a sonically ambitious band like irreversible entanglements you either love the music or you don't like it at all <laughs> yeah. that's that's actually accurate yeah. that's accurate but uh, what i'm what i'm suggesting is like it doesn't fucking matter if you like it mm-hmm Listen to it. Yeah, yeah. The, these are your these are your fellow man telling you something, and they're delivering a message that is not entertainment. For like so long, everything, and now it's literally everything. It's the idiocracy. Like everything we view is just like pure entertainment, and it strips meaning of everything. But that's the reality. Is like, like entertainment is cheap. It's easy. It's base. It has its value. But this. Mm-hmm. This right here is what is important, and you know you you don't need to necessarily listen to it like all day long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't need to you don't need to you know just this is the only thing you're going to get into. You don't need to be like the super most woke motherfucker on the planet, but you have to have it in your diet, and you have to be aware. And if if this is the only way you can be aware, then this is the way you do it. If you like, you look forward to albums that will tell you stuff. This is what's this is what's going to do it, and I, I don't know how often I will listen to this. Much like the Damon Locks, it has mm-hmm. to be a certain thing. But like what I know, do know is that I believe what these people are telling me, whether like it's Mother Moore through her voice or it's through like the the instrumentals playing. Like every note like says something to me, speaks of either pain or joy, and that is what the world should be about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and that only happens when you get a group where every member is extraordinarily talented. Every member is on the same page. Um, you know, this is such a rare thing to have come together in this way. Um, you know, yeah. it's an interesting thing. I mean, this and is tragic. A very, yeah, it tragic. is tragic. It is absolutely. Yep. Um, and it's and it's a very different album from their first one. You know, the first one is um, maybe even I mean I, I guess it's more of a free jazz album in a way. Like it's it's a bunch of players who can play the hell out of their instruments, getting together and just kind of rocking out. You know, um, and it is an interesting thing. I mean, I, I first came across this group. I, I had gone to see um, the Comet is coming in New York, um, and then the next night there was a, a meet and greet with the band. So I went, um, you know, to meet Chewbacca Hutchings, which is of course you know something I am going to go out of my way to do. Um, 
And as I was like, my brother and I, you know, we, we saw the concert the night before. And then there was this uh, listening party and meet and greet um, at the uh, bar New Blue and um, Lower East Side of New York. And um, and so my brother and I were just like sitting at the bar um, and uh, <clears throat> this like woman sat down next to me and, um, you know, just kind of like started chatting a little bit. And it was like, OK, like whatever, you know, it's a little weird, but OK. And um, and then she's just kind of saying, like, you know, do, do I know the group? Like, you know, am, am I liking them? What I know about them? Stuff like that. And she seemed really interested. So I was kind of like, you know, telling her what I knew and stuff like this. And um, and then she she at one point says something about how her husband was a famous jazz musician. Um, and I'm kind of like, you know, OK, cool. Like, all right. You know, <laughs> you know, assuming it's kind of like some like second line trumpet player, you know, from big band or something. And I just you know after a bit i'm just like oh yeah so who's your husband just like his name was gato barbieri and i was just like like excuse me while i pick my jaw up off the floor here like you know one of the guys i mean i love um particularly the chapters one two and three albums of, of his are just amazing you know so so suddenly the conversation just changes a lot i'm just kind of like whoa okay and but one of the things that I, that i really said i was like so you know because because um, gato barbieri died a few years ago and and i was just like so what was he excited about you know like what was jazz is having this resurgence in a lot of different ways and you know like what what made him excited and she was like well you know the one player um that he was most excited about was Achilles navarro and I hadn't heard that name at that point. And so I went and looked it up and, um, you know, didn't seem to have any albums on his own and stuff like this. And I was kind of like, you know, digging around. I'm like, what is this irreversible entanglements, man? You know, and um, and yeah, just like little by little, they've just gotten under my skin because, my God, the level of talent in this group. And again, that's what can create that atmosphere and give you these two sides of the verbal sections um, and the musical sections, but work so well together. Yeah, it's 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 spinning reality out of out of sound but it's also like translating a reality into um into something uh different uh again like I, like i already said like it's not just about the traumas that people of of color have suffered it's it's a celebration of what that brings about, I can't, I can't think of any situation where it's okay, and, and I guess it's not okay to say like, yeah, pain brings this, but I, I guess what you, to consider is that like, pain brought this forth. Mm -hmm. A lot of great artworks are made from pain. That does not mean that they need to be, and that doesn't mean that your pain is going to make you a great artist. It doesn't like none of those things. But well, what I was going to say is like how much how much of that pain do we have to see going forward? Mm, mm -hmm. This is we're mm. we're exist, we're taping this in a thing that is now I just saw this today was was entitled the Great Pause. Yeah, I saw that today too. First time. Um, which I kind of like, uh, mm -hmm. but it, it is a little too hopeful. Uh, because... It's also super privileged. If you are able to pause right now, that is because you don't have like six kids around that you're suddenly homeschooling while you're trying to do your full time job from home and all that stuff. Like, right. So, so, so this is really a message to those who are listening that are the super privileged that can consider this the great pause. I'm one of them, mm -hmm. and uh, and I think you are too. I think you know, uh, is is that in this great pause, what what are you going to do to make it better? Uh, there's also a great article like floating around that that is about like don't be gaslighted. Yeah, you know you, people are going to be like told to like, forget it, and uh, yeah. maybe I'll put that in the show notes because I yeah it's a I really did, good one. Yeah. I read it today. Normally, medium is bullshit, but this was actually good. yeah yeah <laughs> agreed on all um, parts. But uh, but you know it is these are these are going to be choices that you have to make, and that not just irreversible entanglements, but like every 
like jazz artists, all these bands have been telling us mm -hmm. for decades, you fucking listen mm -hmm. to what they're saying, and now you have no you have no way where to hide. You have to listen to what they said. And you have to figure out what to do with your privilege, and that's the thing. Like you know, this this word has has, you know, skyrocketed into popular usage um, the last few years. You know, kind of out of the social justice movements, but it is super important to say, like, your privilege, my privilege, our privilege are not our fault. Um, you know, the way that we were born was not our fault, and those things. But what we do with that privilege is our fault. And this is something, you know, this whole situation that we're living through right now um, has me rethinking so much of this stuff. I mean, my wife and I are relatively low income, uh, pretty damn relatively um, low income. I'm in school right now, so you know, I mean, the, the privilege is that I'm not losing a job that I <laughs> don't have one. But you know, my right. wife is so far like holding on with her job and all that stuff. But like one of the things I've been thinking about a lot is that we moved out of a city um, to a rural area a couple of years ago. And so we've got a house with outdoor access. And that comes with its own challenges, obviously. But the ability to get outside right now is one of the hugest privileges I can imagine. And so that's something that I'm just kind of thinking about that is changing my perspective about my existence. And a lot of the things that I have been afraid of, that I have struggled with, things like this the last number of years are coming really into perspective at this point um, with a lot of those other things. Like there's I, – I, I'm very aware of my privilege, um, you know, as a male-identified person, as a white person, um, you know, all of that. But it's easy to kind of say, you know, but I've got my problems too. And, and that is without a doubt the case. You know, your problems aren't because of your privileges. My problems are not because of the color of my skin or because of my gender or whatever, you know. Um, but, but my problems are still real, as is anybody else's. Um, but what this is is saying is not you are wrong for having your privilege is not you are wrong for having whatever it is that you have but just how are you going to use that to try to make things better how are you going to use your privileges to try to help other people and this situation brings that so into color because it's imperative mm -hmm. it's it, it's the hand down principle always yeah. have a hand down yeah always yeah. have a fucking hand down because for as bad as this is for even privileged people, like, like you said, imagine like a, a single mother of six. Yeah. Or in here, in 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 our state of Wisconsin, like people went out to vote. They to risked vote, their yeah. lives. Yeah. To vote and and understand what that my neighbor worked the polls and I talked to her today and she was terrified. Yeah. And understand what that means and understand that like. You can't understand the struggle that anybody in this band, mm -hmm. the history of their culture, you you can't. No, but you but you can understand that it did cause trauma, mm -hmm. that it did cause pain, that it continues to cause pain, and you can fucking do something about it. Yeah. And I think I think that's why you know this is such an important album. I think I think this is why this is such. A uh, uh, at the end of the day, a a, a joy to listen to. Mm. I think it, I think it, it ties us to our humanity and and lets us know that with it, even despite all the wrongs that, if you're gonna switch it up into like Thneeds and Lorax, um, you know, you know, the, uh, despite all the wrongs us Thneeds did to this, we're all still in it together, right? And it requires us being in it together to fucking go forward. Yeah, that's the only possible way. <laughs>
this point. We are con- we are way more connected than we had wanted to think, you know, and that is uh, that's a, a hugely implicative statement. Um, yeah. You know, we need to be figuring out how to wait, how to how to be helping each other, helping, you know, the world um, collectively. And these these albums, not just this one, but a lot of these other things, um, you know, that are getting made are um, their guidebooks. Um, there are ways to help us do that. There are ways to help us stay motivated. Um, you know, I think so much about Aaron Abernathy's dialogue. Um, you know, that's an album to keep you motivated in this fight. There's other ones to help you learn. There's other ones. This is the one to make you feel like this is, you know, yeah. and, and put them on and, and keep some of those others. Get that Alabaster de Plume album out to, to calm yourself down afterwards, you know, soothe yourself after you listen to this, you know, but it's just, yeah. But experience it because we get to. Exactly. Experience it because we get to. That that is the best review, my friend, of an album I've ever heard. <laughs> and so we're we're gonna end it with that. Um, so, irreversible entanglements. Experience it because you get to. We'll take a quick break and uh, come back and finish this thing out. Mississippi, okay. Holy Hill, South Carolina. A mountain ain't nothing but a tombstone for fire. can save the night here in America. Where we forget the names of our ancestors and scream out into the void helpless. Courage. Irreversible Entanglements, Who Sent You, is out there in the world now. Uh, it's safer to get it on streaming services, but if you can, you have it in you, um, and you're still doing okay on the job front, order up a copy from International Anthem, get that on wax. Mine should be here sometime. You know, one thing we know is deliveries are taking a, a lot longer now, but you know what? Uh, bear with it. If you're listening to this, you can you can wait an extra two weeks uh, to get your get your vinyl LP. Um, but do that, and uh, it's just a, a remarkably important album. And um, glad we finally got around talking to it. I'm talking about it. This is just a uh, remarkably important album. I'm glad we finally got around to talking about it. That is it for this episode of Discologist. If you like what you heard, hit us up on the socials out there everywhere at Chunky Glasses. Um, coming up in the next few weeks, got out of this little brain fog for the time being, so we got some good stuff coming your way. Going to be talking on Friday. You're going to hear from Miss Skylar Goodaz. Her album Oleander is one of my favorite albums of all time. Her album Cinema is also one of my favorite albums of all time. It is out on Friday. Um, always a pleasure to talk to her. I actually just taped that about an hour before talking to you right now. Um, we're going to be talking to my friend Michael Heslin from my- Mail the Horse about their sort of long, strange journey. Uh, going to be talking about the Pretty in Pink soundtrack because, you know, we got to do fun stuff to stay busy and then we're going to be a whole lot more. Eventually we're going to get around to that rookie record. Because it fucking rocks. Well, we will talk to you in a few short days. Until then, stay safe out there, people. Stay sanitized. And more importantly, stay the fuck inside. 
just do it, man. Do it. Do it for everybody. Um, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!